right, guys. Welcome to Leave It on the Court. My name is Mustafa. My name is Corey Randall. And today we'll be talking about what are some of the best options that we feel um, will best suit the New York Knicks in the, um, the scenario or the event that Mike Williams does not return. Um, so we'll start with you today, Corey. Um, you mean Mike Miller? Who did I say? Mike Williams. Mike Miller. All right. Sorry, guys. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike Miller. Yeah, in the scenario Mike Miller does not return, who who do you got as your some of your best options or candidates uh, to replace him? Uh, yeah, I got two candidates. Uh, one of them is Jeff Van Gundy. Um, Jeff Van Gundy has a history with the Knicks. I think he has a more of a connection with the fans and the culture of you know being in New York. You're a New Yorker, so you probably understand. You guys are. Real passionate about your team. Not um, to cut you off, he's from Cali, but he went to school in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, he he coached the Knicks from <clears throat> 1995 to 2002. Had a finals appearance in '99 where they lost to the Spurs, uh, 1-4. I mean, he lost to a, you know a real up and coming, you know, rising Spurs with Tim Duncan already killing in the league in his first, you know, couple seasons. And uh, I think that David Robinson as well. But anyway, um, Van Gundy, I think, would, would under, he would understand how to turn really turn that franchise around. And I think he he's, seems like a very personable guy. And I think that would bode well for, for, the, uh, for the young players, especially having a veteran coach. That's what I think the Knicks need. Mm-hmm. Um, Another option, funny enough, is his, you know, it's like his partner in crime, broadcasting partner in crime, and Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson's a New York native. Um, and, you know, he, he really did a great job in, in uh, Golden State. In Golden State, he was, um, he really created that culture there from mostly a defensive standpoint. I think Steve Kerr is better with the X's and O's with um, getting the players in position to be successful. And he really made that transition of bringing, putting Draymond Green in that starting lineup with how he's performing. Um, But I think Mark Jackson created that defensive culture. And I think that's what New York needs to, in some way, create some type of identity as a team and then kind of create, um, use the talents and, and attributes that the players have to, um, you know, create a new winning culture what's your what's since you're you know Knicks fan you're from New York what's your perspective because you always watching them so (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm a a big Knicks fan um my pick I agree with the uh Jeff Van Gundy I like Jeff Van Gundy because he seems like he can relate to today's players and he just he just he just gives that vibe of I got your back I like I can go to war with you and that's kind of like what New York was going to stand by and what players are always going to stand by. You know, they people like that kind of leader that, you know, even though you could be maybe hard on them at times, but at the same time, you're like, all right, I got, I got their back. He, they know, all right, he got my back, you know. And the thing is with him, he's, he's more well-rounded, you know. Um, he, he's got the X and O's. He's, uh, he's got the experience. I think he's uh, he's even learned even more, especially about today's game, um, doing the broadcasting and just just hear, listening to him talk. Like, I just have a lot more confidence in him versus someone else. And with him, he would actually have a way. You know, a lot of coaches in, in our days, 
they like they're good X and O tacticians, but when it comes to like dealing with players, they're like chameleons. They want everybody to like them, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily they can't necessarily deal with conflict in the locker room or dealing with egos and all that kind of stuff that comes with you know a team ascending. And when you have more than one star or time to play on your your team, um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you just you have to have a lot in check, especially like if you want to last long in the league. And if you want to have a, a coach that wins a championship, those are very big, important things. You know, um, there are plenty of coaches that are pretty, they do pretty well with the X and O's. But as far as dealing with players, I, it can, that's where the buck stops. And as we all know, there's a lot that comes into winning a championship. So um, for, for that team, they need somebody that I, I trust. Mm-hmm. And I know it does well. Another person that I have in mind was uh, Jay Laranega, uh, Jim Laranega's son. You know, he comes from a pretty uh, pretty good lineage, you know, uh, with uh, Jim uh, Laranega coaching for Miami for all those years. Well-known coach. But just him, like when I got to study um, Jay Laranega a little bit, you know, a lot of times people don't know too much about the assistant head coaches in the league. But he's he's one of my picks. I don't I don't know about some of the others. Um, I've hear about the you know other guys, but to me, you got to go a little step further than development. You know, you gotta like if I'm a GM in the worst case scenario, do I trust this guy? Does he does he have what it take? Where I'm like, all right, when it's all said and done, he will be that coach that will will bring us to where we need to be. You know, I, I think he's another guy that, you know, can deal with guys and he, he had like show them the game. Like you got to understand a lot of these young guys, young players over time, sometimes develop bad, uh, bad habits, whether that's on defense, whether that's rebounding, whatever. You just have to like you, got, you need a teacher. And that's one of the reasons why I pick uh, Jeff Van Gundy as well. You just need somebody that could teach. That knows the game, that knows the ins and outs, the X and O's, because those things make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like how to close out, how to play defense without fouling, hand placement, uh, moving your feet, rotations. Rotation, yeah. You know, like that, those are big, big things. It's not about okay, we're gonna run this play, we're gonna run floppy, and no, it's you have to, you just have to know certain things and like how to like if a guy's not athletic. How does he get to his rotation in time? How does he how does he defend against a guy who's going you know jumping against his body? You know just right. examples like that. You know you just you could tell the difference between the guys who who get it and who don't because their guys just do things differently, mm-hmm. and they're like and they're in unisons, you know, so to speak. Right. So um, those are my picks. That's who I pick. Um, I don't. I don't know if you got any anything else. You, you know. Um. Yeah, I like I like the Jay Laranega pick. Uh, you know, I remember he was he'd always get like the like halftime interviews the Celtics games. He's always like halftime interview guy. Whenever I used to watch the Celtics a lot because my guy Isaiah Thomas was there, and you know he always seemed like a real, another guy that's another personable coach, but real knowledgeable of what the team needs to do, and especially being in a culture of the Boston Celtics. I think for since Brad Stevens been there, they've been like a terrific team with ball movement. Um, 
you know, un, a lot of unselfish play. And I think he could also bring that to the Knicks as well. But I think with hat with the Knicks getting a coach, especially when you got a team with a bunch of young guys and you're trying to groom a young star like uh, R.J. Barrett to be that guy for the team, I think you really need a veteran coach who mm-hmm. doesn't play any games, like guy who's disciplined. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that's why I think when you have a coach about Greg Popovich, you're going to have guys who are going to play a certain way and to be able to pick certain guys, make the, you know, the right trades and everything if you need to and be able to use players to their, their, you know, the best of their abilities. I think that's the biggest issue with coaches nowadays. A lot of coaches, they, they get a bunch of players and then they don't know how to basically say, okay, like Greg Popovich and the Spurs, a great system of, okay, we're going to get this guy. Nobody else cares about him or ever heard of him or whatever, but we're going to look at what he can do best. And we're going to implement this into our system to not only make him successful, but help the franchise. And, and adapt. What, yeah. Yeah. And adapt. That's what they got to do. And also when you have a coach who's strict and old school like that, like they create a lot of discipline where you're not going to have players just doing a lot of stuff. Like for example, for me, Julius Randle, he's running too loose. He's running too loose on a team. Like he's been throwing the reins to do whatever. He can't be out there just launching threes like that. He's not a three-point shooter. I'm not saying never shoot it, but like you gotta have more discipline. Not having, you know, him dribbling too much. I mean, who knows? The Knicks may trade him. I don't know. But with having him, they need to kind of put certain players on a leash and not just let guys just do whatever because that holds other players back and that holds the team back from succeeding. Yeah, um, to me, just a, just a, a side note, I don't think uh, Julius Randle's a good fit for that team um, because it just, it, it just it, they're a little too cluttered. From a coach's standpoint, it can be quite, quite a challenge p- picking a lineup because you got an R.J. Barrett that's not that great of a shooter. You got a, you know, uh, Alfred Payton, not that great of a shooter. You know, it's just the list goes, it, list goes on like the guys just can't shoot. But um, just to stay on topic, uh, yeah, a, a coach that could adapt as well. And there's a fine line between being disciplined and, you know, just running over the edge. Yeah. Um, you got to you got to kind of meet that fine line um, between, you know, teaching guys. Holding guys accountable from player one to twelve, you got it. Has to be in unison. Everybody got to be held accountable, and right. there has to be a way. But that's an organizational thing. But um, yeah. So um, also I've been hearing some reports about Tim Thibodeau being linked to the Knicks and him feeling real good and confident about, you know, being the next head coach. Um, albeit uh, Mike Miller does not return. What is your thoughts on that, on um, Tom Thibodeau? Um, he's a great defensive coach, but when it comes to X's and O's, uh, that's not for him. Um, you know, when he when he was successful, well, I mean, I won't say he was a failure with Chicago because, you know, when Derrick Rose and them were there, they were still a great team. But I think the issue with the, the Bulls was – he was too much of a defensive coach trying to rely on that to be their identity, and that's the way they're going to be successful. I don't know if he was trying to model after the old school Bulls with MJ or whatever it is, but people got to remember the the you know the, the the retro Bulls got it done on both ends of the floor. So yeah. with that team, when he was coaching that Bulls team, 
You know, you just have Derrick Rose running him through the ground, playing him crazy minutes, running everything on the offense through him. That's not going to work. So that's my issue with Tom Thibodeau. I thought he did a great job being an assistant with um, the Boston Celtics under Doc Rivers because he kind of was in his role. You do your role, you know, and you do it to the best of your ability. It's going to help the team succeed. And he was next to a veteran coach who's who knows what he's doing. But I feel like if you have Tom Thibodeau, even if you have Tom Thibodeau as an assistant with the Knicks, depending on who's the head coach, he may be vying in his own way to kind of get this guy pushed out the way, especially if you're a rookie coach and he's going to take, he's going to try to take advantage of that. But maybe if you have a coach like Van Gundy, maybe Tom Thibodeau could work because Van Gundy's a vet. Like, you know, everybody knows who Van Gundy is. He's a vet coach or even Mark Jackson. But even then, I don't think with, I think with Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, or well, as my two candidates, I think they both are, you know, kind of like defensive coaches. So I think if you're going to get any assistance, got to be some offensive guys. So I think Tom Thibodeau won't fit there. I think he needs to go to a team, you know, maybe like the Rockets or something um, and be like a lead assistant for the defensive side of things. I think that would be more of a match made in heaven than for him to be on the Knicks. Mm. Well, for me, how I feel about it, um, for me, it's very hard for me to put him anywhere. Uh, for me, I'm never... I'm never an advocate for a guy not to get an opportunity. Um, but, you know, here we're looking to be objective and honest. Right. Um, and throughout his career, whether it's him being a president, being a coach, it's just he's beating a dead horse all the time, doing the same things, expecting a different result. And I think that even played a little bit. He may have played a role in the demise of Derrick Rose with all those injuries. You know, trying to overplay and play too many minutes when his body couldn't hold up. Especially the fact that, you know, and this is Derrick Rose as well. He played, you know, Derrick Rose has some fault here too. You know, played reckless, didn't eat properly. So with all those minutes and the, the culmination of all those things that played a role in his injury and his kind of him going through that rough patch in the NBA for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't think he's he's the best fit for the Knicks. I just, for me, it makes no sense to bring a guy that you can already see him walking out the door, mm-hmm. some in some way, some fashion. It just, it, they don't make sense. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure Leon Rose is gonna make the right decision. But it's just like you gotta find a guy that it. My team just happened to be 0 and 82. Obviously, this is an extreme example, but. Do I still believe in this guy that I have coaching my guys? Mm-hmm. Do I believe in the staff? Like, that's the question you got to ask yourself. Like, do we do we believe that will the fans believe this is the guy, this is the number one guy for us? This is the best option for the Knicks. Exactly. And I just I don't see that with him. Um, like you yeah. said, he's a very defensive mind and he has one way about doing something. And with him, it's like sometimes. It may take him a while to adjust. It's like the whole Jimmy Butler situation. You know, he may, in some ways, he kind of made Jimmy Butler portray himself in a bad way. But Jimmy Butler handled it how he needed to handle it months before. Mm. Had he would have just took the the initiative and go ahead and make the possible adjustment in the trade to trade for Jimmy Butler, that would have never, that whole situation with the whole practice and you know, stuff going on in the locker room probably would have never occurred. But Jimmy Butler felt like at some point I got to do something maybe irrational and 
something that people don't agree with for for me to get my point across to this guy is like dude like trade me this is not a situation it's not ideal for me so mm-hmm. I, you know that can be you know that can be quite a that could be t- quite a trouble to deal with you know if you got a coach like that you know I think, uh, yeah, I think even when Jamal Crawford was on the T-Wolves, I think he even voiced his uh, opinion about, like, Thibodeau, like, running through players and, and things of that nature. But I think mainly the Knicks need to make a very, you know, you know, thought-through decision on making that coach because in the past decade, the Knicks just keep hopping with different management, different coaches. And when you do that, you kind of just – creating confusion and then that's how you get a player like Chris Stapps Porzingis to just leave to be like yo this is just too much it's too much going on it's too many changes too too much of a difference with things I just got to go somewhere else because he knows getting somewhere else like being on Dallas you know Rick Carlisle probably isn't going anywhere you know Mark Cuban's been there forever so you understand how things are going but when you changing GMs every second or you know, changing a coach every season or every other season. After a while, it's like, as a player, you just get frustrated. And you just can't deal with it. So they need to really get that started. And if you get all that fixed, it'll be easier to reel in top players, top free agent, top stars. Because New York is a place, a lot of people, everybody loves playing at MSG. And New York is a big, big, big market outside of, you know, like L.A. So a lot of players want to go and play there. And they want to get go there and win a ring, but they but if the management and coaching isn't taken care of, no, who the hell is gonna go there? Nobody. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for this episode today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Subscribe and like and leave comments and feedback of what do you think. Greatly be appreciated. Got anything? Definitely. Uh, yeah, subscribe, like, comment, let us know, uh, as well as keep staying safe so we can get this virus to not be spreading anymore and, and hopefully get this uh, season back in session. But uh, yeah, deuces. Deuces. <laughs>